Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on texasfootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dork. She's celebrating Hawaiian Shirt Friday. She is on her way to Grayson County after this. She's Ashley Pickle. What's up, Texoma? We're here. Is Pottsboro Texoma? That's what they consider it, yeah. I feel like. Let me, look at, our, let me look at our official... Do Your we... Fox Sports map? Yeah, let me look at the map. I, I, I think you're right. Sure I think you're right. It's it's on the edge of it, but I would... Pro- yeah. I don't. It is? Yeah, okay, we're gonna, yeah we, we call them Texoma. I, was gonna say, I, I don't Grayson know County what else you would... Yeah, it's, it's a little bit too far north to be DFW, and it's not... Close enough to Wichita Falls, Falls to be Wichita uh-uh. Falls. So, no, because yeah. it's up in like east more yeah. than so. Yeah, exactly. I think it's on the outer edge of Texoma. Yeah. So anyway, that's how I should start my thing tonight. What's up, Texoma? What to do, Texoma? <laughs> how do you think Fox would feel about that one? Uh, great. <laughs> uh, look, as somebody, as one of like four people who has to watch the entire show because I'm on it. Yeah. Let me tell you, we need to like. <laughs> Let's up that energy. We need it. Uh, today is Friday, September 4th, 2020. 84 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 1023. 1023. This is the Todd Stottlemyer episode. He what played for name. the Rangers in 1998. And he... How many games did he start? He played in 10 games. How about that? Wow. Big time. On today's show, friends, we are going to announce the week one winner of the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award. And then it's Mailbag Friday. We're answering your questions. High school football, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel. I know you guys have been blowing up the comments over the course of the, the week. Yeah. So now's your chance. Now we'll answer your questions. We'll go for we'll go to about twelve forty five. Um answering your questions. High school football, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel, um the Hawaiian shirts. Uh, one of us here is very well, um, versed. well like well versed in, mm-hmm. in the art of Hawaiian shirts. Um, so if you've got anything you want to ask, uh, ask in the comments on Facebook. If you're watching on TexasFootball.com, open up a new tab, go to Facebook.com/slash/DaveCampbells and ask away, you people, you. What do you mean, knuckle, you people? You knuckleheads. 
something like that. I don't know. I was trying to think of like a, I was trying to think of like a soft insult. You know what I oh, mean? Oh, now I'm getting, this is great. We should, yeah, we should talk about my game of the week more often because now I'm getting like food suggestions coming in. Mm. So mm. there you go. Yeah, I've never, I've never, ooh. Yeah, I've never been to Pottsboro. So you will, yeah. you will be one up on me on that. Let's go. Um, do we first four through the door? We sure do. It was me, Rob Hadaway, Sean Commons, and Jason Loden. Welcome in, fellas. Welcome in, my friends. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, in conjunction with the Texas Bowl, is proud to present the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week Award to the most deserving high schooler in the state of Texas. Every Monday at noon, TexasFootball.com announces 10 candidates for that week's award based on the previous week's on-field performance. We then leave it up to you, voting at TexasFootball.com. It's out of our hands. We just let you people vote uh, on on who you think is the uh, worthy recipient of the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year Week Award. It all leads up to the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year Award, which is uh, awarded at the Texas Bowl in Houston at NRG Stadium. Voting closes each Monday at noon, or each Friday rather, at noon, with the winner being announced shortly thereafter. Right now, it, it oh, it's shortly thereafter is what my oh watch look says. at that a freckle past a hair and so. The week one Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week is. There we go. <laughs> Lano quarterback Case Kirkendall. 246 yards and three touchdowns passing. He had seven catches for 106 yards and two touchdowns receiving. He had another 38 yards on the ground. Case Kirkendall from Lano, your week one Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week. Congratulations to all the nominees. You value wide receiver Christian Rivera, Waco Conley running back Trey Wisner, Shiner running back defensive back Dalton Brooks, Tyler Chapel Hill quarterback Cameron Ford, Orange Grove quarterback Cutter Stewart, Childress quarterback Colin Bishop, China Spring running back Emmanuel Abdallah, Gilmer quarterback Brandon Tennyson, and Abbott running back Caden Johnson. But a very special congratulations to the week one Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week. Lano, quarterback Case Kirkendall, Let's athlete. Yeah. Go the three two five. Lano Yellow Jackets, sting them. Good job, Lano. Good job. Way to come together. I'm proud. I'm a proud alumnus. So we let go. We need, to, we need to probably set this straight. One. Ashley Pickle is a Lano grad. Yes. A proud Lano. Grad. <laughs> a proud Lano grad. Two. She no, has, I did not she have has no, anything to do with this. She has no access to this portion of the website. Mm-mm. She does not. She is not allowed over there. Um, we, I, actually, I, I don't think that's true. I think you do, but like you did. I she did, did not, not touch adjust. It. She did not touch the the voting. Uh, but yes, congratulations. I did not know until I was told this morning. She, congratulations to Lano America uh, and Lano athlete Case Kirkendall, your Week One Mister Texas Football Player of the Week. We're Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football on the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram. Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and Cruton all across the Lone Star State. Okie dokie, it is Mailbag Friday. We are answering your questions on this Football Friday about high school football, college football, recruiting, lifestyle, romance, travel, uh, food, Hawaiian shirts, my new Air Max Ones, um, uh, whether or not Shane Bouchelle's a nice guy. <laughs> Sorry, I was just seeing Shane Bouchelle. I'll answer that one right now. He is a very nice very guy. Very nice guy. Like yeah. him a lot. Cool dude. Um, yeah. 
Anyway, ask your questions. Uh, a little bit of fr- uh, Thursday night action last night. Um, if you looked across uh, Texas, there were not a ton of games. There were uh, actually it was there was a decent amount of six man games, mm-hmm. uh, a fair amount of six man games. Uh, the most notable was probably yeah a few against JVs. Um, Penelope won for seventy-two nothing over Trinidad. Um, let's see, Follett beat Amherst. Benjamin beat Guthrie. No real, I guess Rising Star over Forsberg is probably the most notable uh, six-man game. But elsewhere, elsewhere across the state, uh, Matt Step was out at Wichita Falls for the Wichita Falls Hershey and Anna game. I watched a decent amount of this game mm-hmm. online. Kind of, kind of sloppy. In the early going, at least, uh, Hershey was able to figure it out, and Hershey has a couple of athletes uh, that are uh, that that Anna just simply did not have an answer to. Um, that kind of took over. Uh, Chris Murray, most notable among them, uh, I believe they were basically lining him up at quarterback uh, and letting him uh, letting him uh, run it. But he's a, a I believe a TCU commit, six three two forty five. He's a he's a bulldozer. But but they looked really they they pulled away twenty eight thirteen, which shall fall. Hershey evens their record up at one and one. Uh, Harmony won a thriller over Hugh Springs, thirty eight thirty four. Congratulations to Ropesville, Ropesville, um, the Eagles bring home I think. I don't want to speak out of turn. So they make the move up to 11-man. Um, they make the move up to 11-man football. And they are, uh, I believe this is their first win as an 11-man program, at least for a while. I don't know the last time they played 11-man ball, but they, they beat Odessa Compass last night, 61 nothing. Congratulations to Ropesville uh, on that. Uh, Bartlett beat Ranger, 48-12. Uh, and yeah, that was it. Like, it was pretty light. I, as I mentioned yesterday, until 6A and 5A get going, Thursday and Saturday slates are going to be pretty thin. Mm-hmm. Not going to be a ton of, of games. In fact, on on Saturday, there are only uh, four games. Carn City, Woodville, Bruceville, Eddie Crawford, Norman G. Garrison, and Overton, Burkeville. Only four games. Big slate tonight, though. Um, so, that's some Thursday action across the state of Texas. All right, Pickle. Do we have any questions in the comments for me to answer? Yes. Okay. Good, good, good. <laughs> good. Thank uh, you. All right. <laughs> You're welcome. That's it. For- that's it. That's that's gonna that's gonna Seal be it. it, everybody. Here's my final thought. Yes. yes. Um, okay. You talked a lot about there were definitely six man games last night. Are there any live streams of six man football so, tonight? I now? have not seen any. I asked Granger Huntress, our six man football insider, about it, and he has not kind of tracked one down. Um, if we find it, we will add it to our to our uh, our viewing guide on TexasFootball.com because I definitely want there to be a six man game at least that we can spotlight and be like, hey, here you go, uh, you know, for for people to get that experience. Right now, I don't believe there is. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I am. It is entirely possible that I am just missing one, but we have not found one. Um, go check out Granger's site, SixManFootball.com, uh, and check them uh, check them out. Um, I want to see. I'll just roll through and see if there's any broadcasts. Perfect segue, yeah. though, to definitely make sure to I, go to check out that watch list because all of the streams are on yeah. there. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm just not seeing – right now, I don't see any of them, um, any any games. I would love for somebody, if somebody wants to go stream a six-man game, I would gratefully produce, promote it. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> yes. But anyway, right now, I don't see any six-man games that are being streamed. What's next, Pickle? All right. Um, this was a very well thought out question by Mies. So he said, "By well thought out, do you mean long?" Yes. Okay. Kind of. Um, 
I, I just like the question. Um, I have three screens, and he's he's going to watch them. These are the three games. Lampasas, Stephenville, mm-hmm. Argyle PG, mm-hmm. and Connolly La Vega. Mm-hmm. From biggest to smallest screen, which game goes Ooh. on which? So once more time, it's Lampasas, Stephenville, Argyle PG, and good then question. Connolly La Vega. Okay, that's an excellent question. That's a good question. See what okay. I said? Like, well thought out? Mm-hmm. That's good. Okay. On the biggest screen should be Argyle Pleasant Grove. Yes. I think that's the game of the week. I think that that is a real measuring stick game for both of these squads. Um, at the 4A ranks, I think that both teams look really good in week one. And both have uh, both are teams that we expect to contend for their respective state championships. Um, the, as I mentioned on the picks video, the real matchup there, which is just going to be fantastic, is the Argyle offensive line and the Pleasant Grove like front seven. Mm-hmm. It's going to be superb. It's going to be just, just good, straight-up football. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Argyle PG on the big screen. Next up is La Vega Connolly. Mm-hmm. La Vega Connolly is next. Um, I do think that La Vega is the favorite, but I'm really interested to see what Connolly and those athletes are able to do. Trey Wisner, Kavion Gaither, I think they have a chance to give uh, La Vega some trouble. Uh, that is going to be a lot of fun. La Vega is just always worth the price of admission. That would be my second screen mm-hmm. alternative. Uh, Stephenville Lane Passes would be my third. That's to say nothing about the quality of the game. It's just at, like it's probably like the 10th best game of the week. Right. As opposed to like the first or second, which is still an amazing game. I think that that is going to be... Um, I think I'm interested in seeing Lane Passes... What you know? What the Stephenville defense does against them, I'm interested in seeing Lane passes on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing what happens there, I I think that's going to be a, a, a has a chance to be a good game. I also think it's a fair chance that Lane passes runs away and hides. Yeah, but I think that that game I would put that on the third screen. So PG big screen PG Argyle, um, Conley La Vega, Lane passes Stephenville. Make sure you are nimble enough that I do think. I don't think Argyle PG is going to be a blowout. No. I do think there is there are scenarios in which the other two turn out to be non like no contests mm-hmm. in the second half. So be nimble enough to move those around. I don't think Argyle PG is going to be a blowout. I think if you're looking for the game that's most likely to be close, that throughout, one is the absolutely. one is that's most likely to be close throughout. So that's why I put that on the big screen. But then be nimble with the other two. Good question. What's next? Um, how about thoughts on Navarro at Lavernia? Yeah, Navarro, I believe, is this their, um, I think this, this is their, their season f- opener. Yes, this, didn't play this is their one. first game. They didn't play in week one. Uh, Lavernia and Navarro is, is a sneaky good game. Um, Lavernia looked really good in their opener. Um, and I, I, I'm really, I'm really excited about, like, they looked really good against Quero in their opener. Mm-hmm. Gage Lowry, their quarterback, Daryl Duback, they're a team that's, that's kind of growing up right now. You know, Navarro's obviously a team we've got pretty high hopes for. Uh, a team that I believe started the year ranked, if I remember correctly. Um, but that's a team that we have, we have pretty high hopes for. They are, uh, they, they run the slot T, as we all know, the slot T is the devil. Mm-hmm. Um... They are a team that I think is going to challenge Lavernia in the trenches more than Cuero did. And that's going to make this a really interesting matchup. 
Um, the big question for me is can the, what happens, like can the Navarro defense kind of slow down what looked a, like a really sharp Lavernia offense? I think this is the game where we get to see a lot more from Lavernia than yeah. what, because the last game it was, we all looked at that score and was like, wait oh, okay. a minute, yeah. what is happening? <laughs> this is, this figures to be a close game. Computer likes Navarro, Laver, I'm sorry, they like Lavernia by four, um, and Lavernia is the home team, so that's, you know, to be expected. So basically that's a coin flip type game. It's a one-point game on a neutral site. I would expect this to be a really good game. I think this is going to be fun. I think that when you take a look at this Lavernia offense, um, starting to starting to hum a little bit, going up against Navarro, is there an advantage for Lavernia having a game under their belt versus Navarro, who's now playing their first game? A lot of intrigue in this game. Um, I like this game a lot. I think this game's a kind of a, a, sneaky, a sneaky game, a sneaky game. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep an eye on that. So I'm going to go with Lavernia. I, th- I think I lean towards Lavernia. I lean towards Lavernia, but it's close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, a quick COVID thing to get out of the way, which I have an answer to. Uh, it was asked, do counties without mandatory face mask requirements? Um, I don't even know. Where did it go? Uh does that rule over the UIL requirements and vice versa? The answer to that is counties are exempt from mask, uh, but per UIL, they don't have to wear a mask. But Correct. the governor's orders on social distancing and the 50% capacity definitely still applies. So Yeah, it's a weird situation. Um, I would need to go back and read through the fine print of the UIL's guidelines uh, about masks. Because there are, for, for those who don't know, there is, I believe if, if there's under 20 cases in your county, then you are exempt from the mask ordinance. Um, so I don't know if the UIL supersedes that. They can. They can say no, you know what, you like, no matter what, you have to wear a mask. Um, I don't believe that's the case. I believe that if you are in a county that is not under the governor's order, that the UIL is not making you wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Um, I will. I will say from you know, and I'll just spill the beans with something with a private conversation I had with Matt Step. Uh, hey, go Step. I'm just gonna blow up your spot. He called me the other day and he said, "Hey, um, we are going to. Um, we're going. To, um, I think in a couple of weeks he's going to go to a game in a county that is not that is exempt from the mask ordinance. They have a, a low number of, of COVID cases." And he was like, what do you think about me doing the interviews in the mask? If you've seen his interviews, we're doing them differently. He's standing behind the camera, distancing and, and, and letting the coach just kind of talk. And he's wearing a mask at the time. And I just told him, I was like, look, from my perspective, I think that it's important that as a statewide entity and you coming from outside the county, mm-hmm. I think that it is important for us to set a good example and say that we we're going to wear a mask and we're going to do things, uh, you know, we're going to be as safe as possible. Um, so that's so so even though steps going to a game in a couple of weeks that in a county that does not have a, a high number of COVID cases and is exempt from the mask ordinance, he is going to be wearing a mask. I think that that's I just think that's this is me and we can certainly disagree if you want. Mm-hmm. I think that that is good. Um, that is just being a good citizen. And be, that's just me. That's just doing your part to, uh, for the citizenry uh, to, to help slow the spread. That's my opinion. Yell at me in the comments. Yes, and there was one other one that. Yeah, more COVID talk. Yeah, this is the last one that we're going to answer, and then it's going to be done after that. It just went away. Um, Do we feel like fans will comply more this week than last week? And if so, do we suspect that the UIL will come down hard? Like, guys, you have to. So the UIL, the UIL, if you didn't know this, the UIL sent out a letter, uh, an email, a note, a memo to uh, member schools and said, basically, Straighten up and fly right. We need these guys. Like, please, 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 
adhere to these guidelines. If you do not adhere to these guidelines, then we will take action, including vacating wins, including not allowing you to have any fans in the stands, Mm -hmm. things like that. Uh, what I, this is my, that is the, the fact of the matter. Here's my opinion on the matter. My opinion on the matter is that this is the UIL issuing a one-time warning Yeah. and saying, look, there are consequences if you don't, if you're just going to, if you're just going to skirt the rules and you're just going to get completely, you know, uh, like not take anything into account and you're Mm -hmm. being kind of reckless about it, we are going to, we, we do have the power and we will use that to come down on you. That's how I perceive it. I hope, as somebody who wants to see football happen this year, mm-hmm. I hope that these schools that were not abiding by the guidelines will start abiding by the guidelines. Um, and we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm very interested to see tonight mm-hmm. because I know that in talking with a couple of other people who are at games, they were saying, "Man, the guideline like uh, adherence was pretty minimal." Mm-hmm. I think you will hopefully see more teams straighten up and fly right, so to speak. And, uh, and and adhere to the guidelines. I hope. And if not, right. then I think we'll hear more about it. I think, too, and again, completely my opinion here, I do hope that if there are schools after this week who continue to not follow those guidelines, that the UIL really does come down hard on them and say, look, we gave you your warning. Um, now you need to know better. And so take away the wins, do something. But I hope the UIL does come down with punishment for anyone who's not following it. That's again, just, yeah. just my opinion yeah, on that. Yeah, I, I, look, I, I – you know, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to walk a line here because I don't want to. I don't want to crap on teams, and, and and I know that this is a touchy subject with people. But as somebody whose only goal is to have this season happen in its entirety, I just I I hope that the UIL will hold will stick to their guns and will come down on teams mm-hmm. that don't adhere to it. That's me. Enough COVID talk. Give me a yes. non-COVID question. Um, a bunch, quite a few people asking about uh our DCTF game of the week tonight with Pottsboro and Gunter. I don't know. You tell me, Miss Grayson County. <laughs> I'm excited for I this I bet one. there's a Miss Grayson County pageant. There probably is. Ooh, you, you talk about okay. the game. Uh, no, I think that this is a fantastic matchup. I mean, obviously, it's hard. With both of these teams, state championship teams last year, uh, Gunner obviously won. Pottsboro did not. But uh, it'll be interesting to see because Gunner obviously has um, – they're a little bit younger than what they usually are, so they're kind of getting into the thing. But Pottsboro has a big, big senior class. But it'll be fun because Gunner, even though they've got the younger guys, they have been on varsity for a while. Um, so they've got a great quarterback mm-hmm. in Hut Graham and all of that. And then obviously Braden Pyler is very, very dynamic um, on mm-hmm. both sides of the ball. So they were saying, you know, the the Gunner defense knows that they're going to have to go in and, and stop their – all of that so it'll be two things it'll be interesting two things one i'm very interested to see how gunner comes out against uh what is like a really solid pass catch duo yeah with uh braden plyler and titus lyons Mm -hmm. because Titus lyons is a bit of a mismatch um and as a result i'm very interested to see how they come out and scheme against that uh, I'm also very interested, you know, look, the Gunner offense is a chore to deal with, mm-hmm. and the Pottsboro defense needs to make that step if they want to get over the top this year. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big matchup there. I'm also very interested in, like, just... It, it, like, the, 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 the I mentioned in the picks video, but the, the Pottsboro offense can beat you in so many different ways, and the Gunner defense is just, like, laser focused you know what i mean like they just don't make mistakes they remind me a lot of like those vintage katie defenses yes like those defenses that that they just 
that's not, like they had stars on those KD defenses, but what made them special was that everybody just did their job really well. Mm-hmm. Like they just all stuck to their assignment. Uh, Gunner traditionally feels like that to me. And so I'm interested to see that. The last thing I will say mm-hmm. is that there apparently is no Miss Grayson County. Um, oh, pageant. darn it. There's one in, there is one in Kentucky, but there's not one in Texas. Hmm, interesting. So we could start that. Okay. Well, I'll, uh, I'll get to work on that tonight. <laughs> Good. You should find the mayor. Okay. Yeah, I, I will. I presume is what's the what's the county seat of Grayson County? It is Sherman. Yeah, so that's not going to do any good talking to the mayor of Pottsboro. Although you should always talk to the mayor of Pottsboro. Why not? Anyway, <laughs> what's next? Uh, what about your thoughts on Rockdale versus Taylor, the Ducks? Um. Well, I think um, I think Rockdale's a considerable favorite. Yes. <laughs> um, I think Rockdale looked really good in week one. Uh, I think that there are, uh, uh, <laughs> I think Rockdale's really good. And I think that they're probably going to win this game. Yes. Um, they're at home. Taylor struggled in week one. Uh, I would think that, um, that's going to continue this week. Uh, they, they lost, who did Taylor lose to? They lost 26-21. Um, they lost in week one to the Ducks lost to, you're listening to live coverage of me looking up to Robinson. They lost to Robinson 26-21. Uh, Rockdale, I think, is your heavy favorite in this one. Yes. What's the next question? Tony Blaylock says, is there any team Tepper wants to jinx today by designating them Ooh. a major favorite tonight? Rockdale's a major favorite over Taylor. <laughs> I just want to watch that one Rockdale's, get shoved Rockdale's, back in your Rockdale's face. Rockdale's a major favorite over Taylor. The computer likes Rockdale by 48. Um. <laughs> my goodness so now last week when i said that sweeney was a big favorite over bay city and bay city went and pulled my pants down yep uh sweeney was only a 30 point favorite so this is i'm just i'm going out there and just be like ah you know what 48 that's more than enough no. <laughs> uh yeah so i'll jinx rockdale rockdale's rockdale's a 48 point favorite according to the, according to the computer rockdale's fly rockdale, ducks fly rockdale's a lock <laughs> and that means that taylor's gonna win like 27, 27 yep <laughs> they're gonna kick a, yeah. a last minute field goal to put them up <laughs> exactly they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna win in the final minutes it just just because uh this is gonna become my new tradition is uh who who's who can i jinx on friday yes what's next um let's go with uh rob hadaway asked this yesterday but listened to us and asked again today how is duncanville shaping up with their transfer quarterback yeah so i mean yeah, who? I'm, 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 I'll be honest. I've kind of put six A out of, of my, my head, head for, a minute. for a minute. Yeah. Um. So obviously, uh, this comes down because Chris Parson transferred to Red Oak. Mm-hmm. Uh, they bring in uh, Grayson James. He is, uh, he is from Plano John Paul II. Um, he has transferred in from Plano John Paul II. I have not heard any reports from them, and part of that is that Duncanville can't practice. Duncanville's not practicing right now. Uh, they may be working out. Uh, but look, Grayson James was a was a, a really st- a strong quarterback last year. Threw for 4,100 yards, 44 touchdowns um, as they went to the Taps Division One championship game. Uh, I mean, he's a three-star prospect. He's a guy that that you know, um, you know, certainly a star. He looks the part, six-one, two hundred. Um, we'll see. You know, a, a lot of that is just going to be about the fit. It's going to be about the fit and what I think is interesting. Um, so I'll I. I <laughs> How do I want to say this? Okay. Jaquindon Jackson 
one of the reasons that he was such a star for that um, for that team, for Duncanville last year and for the past couple of years, was because he was a dual threat guy. Mm-hmm. He was a guy who, in in many respects, he wasn't a run first quarterback, but in many respects. One of the like the thing that he did best is was that that yes. zone read and that kind of counter follow and being kind of a fullback back there as mm-hmm. as run game. One of the reasons that I think th- uh, Chris Parson was in uh, in 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 some respects a little bit of a, a square peg in a round hole because Chris Parson is a pretty much a true pocket passer. Mm-hmm. Now he can he can move. He can move and, and and that's not to say he can't run. I mean, you saw him I think score a rushing touchdown in the 20, 2019 title game. That's not to say that he can't move. But that is to say that I think he's more of a traditional pocket passer than Jaquin and Jackson is. Grayson James is by all reports mm, closer to Chris Parson than he is Jaquin and Jackson. So like, what does it, the Duncanville offense is going to look different? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just going to look different, not just because they're losing their best player in Jackson, but also because, you know, they were always going to have to change their scheme to fit what the quarterback does well. Mm-hmm. Grayson James is, a, is, 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 I mean, he threw the ball 500 times last year. Yeah. 500 times. I don't know what his rushing stats are. I don't have them up here. But if you're throwing the ball 500 times, that means you're probably not running more than no. a three or four times a game. And I think as opposed to Jaquin and Jackson, who routinely was getting twenty carries in in big games. I mean, they were they were saving them during in games that were out of reach. They were like, "Why mm-hmm. would we have you take hits?" Right. Um. But w- it, when it mattered most in those title games, stuff like that, like they were turning him and be like, "Carry the ball eighteen times, twenty times." That's not f- from what I understand, Grayson James's game. Mm-hmm. And so the scheme for Duncanville is always going to change, and and that's going to be really interesting to see what they look like offensively. With these new parts and what, what what promises to be a pretty new-ish scheme. Right. And I think that you'll see glimpses here and there of that old scheme. I think what yeah. they're really looking for is to get a person like Jaquindon who, if any time a play coverage was broken or anything mm-hmm. like that, he, he would just take off. And I think that that's really what – Coach Sample starts looking for and, is someone who's not scared to recognize it and, and just And by go. the way, yeah, and I want to be very clear – Jaquinton Jackson's a really talented passer. Yes. They just and and you saw that he made some throws that are just unbelievable for for him. Or he just made some unbelievable throws. But they made the offense largely kind of a power spread mm-hmm. last year. I think that with a guy like Grayson James, it is probably going to be a little bit more of a traditional spread mm-hmm. as opposed to that power spread. I think I've talked enough about that. What's next? <laughs> um, let's go. Brian Tinner keeps asking a lot about your thoughts on uh, Corpus Christi Miller. Yeah, were they the team that got their game canceled? Mm-hmm. Their yeah, their game was canceled tonight because of COVID. Yeah, because uh, I think Rockport. Port, yes, they were supposed to play Rockport tonight, and I think it was Rockport canceled. has an outbreak. Yes. Um, Miller's a team, obviously, that we have we have high hopes for. They started the year ranked, dropping down a classification. I think makes them. Um, you know, pretty. They were. They were the. They were the. <laughs> this is going to sound really devi- like derisive, and I don't mean it this way. But they were the team from Corpus Christi that dropped down that wasn't Cal Allen, mm-hmm. right? Um, even though they certainly had an unbelievable year last year at twelve and one. Um, Andrew Body, their quarterback, is a star. And, I mean, that's that's 
plain on its face. Um, I think their offense looks pretty loaded. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the offensive. I think they've got high hopes for this offensive line. I think they got their center back. Uh, that's a, that's a key part of that. The offense is loaded. If you go back to what what ended up being Miller's undoing, it was on the defensive side. The def- defense has to take a step forward. Um, they've got a couple of pe- they've got a couple of pieces that I think are going to be really solid and really strong in the, on that on that defense. Most notably, guys like Jay Sean Trimble at the linebacker spot and Dejon Bisbee. I need to see that step forward from their defense. I think that, the, and, again, and again, look, we're talking about a team that is in the upper echelon of 4A Division One already. Um, they, I think they are. Like, they're, they're, they're a Region 4 contender. I'm talking about if they are going to become, go from being, like, an, a, a top-tier team to being an elite-tier team, it's going to be on that defense. I trust Andrew Body's going to do his thing. I trust that that offense is going to hum. Mm-hmm. The question is going to be on the defensive side. Um and yeah, I think that so far, um, they are. You know, they were. They were. I. I, I would have loved to have seen them against Rockport because I think that would have been a really, really good game. Um, but I, you know, certainly I understand. But they got. You know, they. The, the. They. They looked good in their in their opener. Offense looked great. Defense mm-hmm. didn't need to be anything but what they were. I would say, yeah, I want to see a step forward from the defense. When I see that, I'm going to be on board with the Buccaneers. I love Justin Evans. Mm-hmm. Love Coach Evans. I mm-hmm. think he is. I think he's a star. But yeah. Anyway, what's next? Um, let's go with what are the keys to the game uh, for Ozona and Wink tonight? Ooh, Ozona Which, and Wink is a I like s- that. Super sleeper. I think it's. I was going to say. I think that's one of those that you could see maybe a little bit of an upset kind of starting to creep into the fourth quarter, you know? Well, look, so Jared Taylor was our 2A coach of the week Mm -hmm. this week. Um, uh, and the reason, I mean, he, he's a winner in his opener. Uh, you know, he, this is, he's taken over the squad there uh, at Ozona and they looked really good against Sonora. Mm -hmm. And that defense was, was superb. Defense was superb. They score in the fourth quarter to win offense kind of, a little bit stuck in the mug. Jose Jose Dominguez was was more or less the the only bright spot. He ran for 100 yards, but I mean, look, they they only had 106 yards and they won. Mm-hmm. Now, part of that is that that defense looked great. The defense looked really really good. Um, the the what I need to see from them this week is obviously uh, look that that offense has got to uh, has got to take a step forward mm-hmm. because you know look, Wink went out there in week one, beat Cristobal, decent Cristobal squad, 36-21. Um, Wink is a team that I think, uh, you know, a little bit of a sleeper. Uh, uh, it's, it's weird to call them a sleeper when they were in a regional final. Right, this year. yeah. Um, but I love what Brian Gibson does out there. They are in a, the, they are the more experienced team. Um, what I need to see is a team that I want to see what Cannon Gibson, the quarterback for Wink, does against this Ozona defense that at least in the very beginning week one looked terrific looked really really good that's the key matchup there but the other side of it is that this offense has to get something going the Ozona offense has to get something going the uh the computer likes wink by 20 Mm -hmm. which is too rich for my blood but yeah, that seems like a. I would say I think I think it's fair to say Wink is the favorite. Mm-hmm. If Ozona's going to spring the upset, it's going to be by a lot of the same um, 
a lot of the same hallmarks as last week, which is defense really holds down Wink, mm-hmm. and then the offense gets going enough, and 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 they you know maybe they get something for their passing game. Passing game really struggled last week against Sonora. This is one you have to get more than 106 yards for. Oh yes, like <laughs> that's you're a, probably that's you're a must probably there. not shutting out Wink. No, right? If they do, then it's like let's start sitting up and paying attention to what Ozona's got cooking. But right now, I would say Wink's your favorite. If Ozona's going to spring the upset, it starts on the defensive side. And people are, uh, yeah, people are asking. There's been a couple questions about upsets specifically. Hmm. Um, Grandview and Salado tonight. I think that's big upset. Potential. I think, yeah. I, I I don't even know if I would ca- categorize it. Um, um, so Salado is, a, I mean, this is a four A team against a three A team, and that's worth remembering. Right. Salado looked great in week one, um, beating Troy. The 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 wing tee was just looking fantastic. Rook Brown is a star. Um, computer actually likes Salado in this one by three, but that's that's largely because of the home field advantage. Right. Basically, a, a toss up type game. I think that's a big upset potential. Mm-hmm. I would need to, huh? I would need to go back and look at the last time Grandview played a wing T team, um, and because look, Salado's legit. Mm-hmm. Salado's legit. And now Grandview, they're going to get... What's interesting from Salado's perspective is that their defense did enough mm-hmm. last week. They were going up against Zakravacic and the, the running back or the running game for Troy. Grandview is going to be a little bit... A lot more balanced. A lot more balanced. They're going to throw the ball. They're going to run the ball. And, and, and I also think that their defense is a little bit superior to Troy's, which is going to make this a really interesting matchup. Um, look, it would not surprise me if Salado won this game at all, especially at home. Wing T's hard to game plan mm-hmm. for. They are the bigger squad. There's a lot of things that lean towards Troy. They are, I'm sorry, lean towards Salado. The question is going to be, what do you do with a problem like Danielch? Like, that's, right. I, what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. What do you do with a mismatch like Demetrius Crownover? Like, the dudes that Grandview has, what does, tr- what does Salado, I keep saying Troy, <laughs> what does Salado do to mitigate them? Mm-hmm. That's the question. I took I took Grandview. Mm-hmm. Don't feel good about it. This is a coin flip game, and it would not surprise me at all if we're talking about Grand, Grandview dropping to one and one, Salado being two and zero, oh, and then being one of those teams that's kind of the talk of the state, right? Because then that would be two really not. That'd be a strong two and zero. Oh. Yes, and I know it's against three A teams, but still, that's that would be for they're, a Salado yeah, team. Yeah, they're not any pushover three A teams. For a Salado team that's on the rise, these would be two real feathers in their cap if they come away with them. All right, let's do. Eh, now we still have some time. What's next? Um, let's go with a college question here. Rob Hadaway asking, will uh, TJ McDaniel be able to run all over Texas State like he did last year? So Obviously, that game, what time? Three? That game's 3.30 ESPN. Mm-hmm. Uh, TJ McDaniel has been listed as the starting running back for SMU. Um, this is a Texas State defense that last year, um, from a rushing defense perspective, ranked 120th. Now, TJ McDaniel had a lot lot to do with that because mm-hmm. he pr- victimized them <laughs> um that's going to be the big question is what does the offensive line for smu do against the texas state defensive line defense has to take a step forward mm-hmm. i do think that the, I, I do think as i mentioned in free money yesterday i do think that this game could be pointsy um but yeah i think that i think tj mcdaniel could be in for a big game I think that, you know, from what I've seen from the front seven uh, from, from Texas State, that's still a bit of a work in progress. I think that I think TJ McDaniel could have a big game, and, and it would not be a surprise if he was over the 100, 150 mark for, um, for SMU. I like SMU. I think this game could be pointsy, like I mentioned, but I think that I'm going to go with uh, – I think that TJ McDaniel could have a big game. What's next? Um, let's go – Let's say three more. Three more. 
All right. Have you ever counted up the number of Texas counties that you have been to? No. Well, okay. I haven't. I know. I know they have the how many? They have two hundred fifty counties. How many counties are in, in the Texas? State of Texas? There's they have the most. Mm-hmm. Um, they have two hundred fifty four. That's close. Very nice. Um, two hundred fifty four counties, um, and I mean, th- so this is an interesting thing because it's like, are we talking about been like driven through? I've driven through a lot of counties. Mm-hmm. When we drove to Big Bend. Yeah, you hit a you get you, you a bunch cross of off a bunch of them, right? When we did our Texas road trip, we drove through a lot of them. Mm-hmm. But like I've, for example, like I've been to like Brewster County, mm-hmm. but like I don't think I've ever like no. I'm I'm sorry, Brewster County is the one that I have stayed in, but like I don't think, for example, I I I don't think I've been. I think I've been through Tom Bean County. But I don't think that like yeah, does that count? Like just My stopping question. at a gas station and going to the bathroom no, sorry, does that count? County. You know, like not not, not Tom Bean County. What I'm thinking, Jim Wells County. Jim Wells County. I've driven through Jim <laughs> so Wells County. I was County. waiting for you to say Jim Bean, and I was like, no. I've driven through Jim Wells County. That's where like Alice is mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I've driven through it, but I've never like stayed in Alice or anything like yeah. that. So I don't know. I've never seen a game in Alice. So probably easier to count cities. Like cities, almost. yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. What I'd like to do, what I'd rather do is go through like a list of like the, the one hundred biggest cities. Biggest isn't even fun because it's like it's like a bunch of suburbs. It's like I've been to Polino. Yeah, exactly. You know? <laughs> so all right, two more. Um pulled pork or sweet baby back ribs. Pulled pork. Now part of that Part of that is is admittedly that I have ties to the Midwest because of college and mm-hmm. family and things like that. And pulled pork is bigger in the Midwest. I like pulled pork a lot. Ribs ribs are look, nobody's gonna sit here and tell you not to do ribs. But if I want ribs, I want beef ribs. Mm. That's me. Sorry. Um I'm a beef rib guy. But I would say I would say pulled pork. I think pulled pork is a little bit more versatile and um yeah, I'm gonna go pull pork over baby back ribs. Last one, give me an ender. Oh no, I would agree with that too. By the way, yeah, just good. throwing that out there. Um, besides movie popcorn, what is your favorite popcorn flavor? Like besides straight up butter popcorn, which I knew this one was perfect for you because you love those little bags of popcorn. I'm a big skinny pop guy. Yeah, I like skinny pop. Sponsor us, um, please. Yeah. I'm big popcorn fan. I like popcorn too. My wife does not like popcorn. What? She doesn't like popcorn. But that is something that me and my mother-in-law share is that we love popcorn and she doesn't. Is it um, because of like there are some foods that people don't like because of texture? Is it a thing that she a doesn't big, like the she's kernels? She's a big texture person. Like, she, she doesn't like, like the kernels getting like, she stuck like in her teeth. She doesn't like this is going to be a real non sequitur, but like she doesn't like mushrooms. Yeah. And the only reason she doesn't like mushrooms it's is because, because of like, the texture. texture. Yeah. Right. Like I was going to say, I know people that don't like popcorn, like how they don't like eating corn on the cob because it just gets stuck everywhere. Golly, that's a good question. Because the thing is, I. Hmm. Butter popcorn is definitely number one for me. But here's the thing. You know what? 110%. You know what? I'm out on caramel corn. No, it's I don't. You know what? Kettle sweet. corn. Kettle corn. Kettle corn? Okay. Kettle corn would be my, my, my number two. Yeah. Um, That's my number two. A little bit of sweetness. I like that. I would go kettle corn number two. But I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. 
I like the white cheddar popcorn. Yeah, it's good. That's, the white, that's all too. The white cheddar is really, really uh, caramel good. Caramel corn's too much, man. They have pickle popcorn, and I know that sounds... I've had it. Is it good? It's good. Has you you like pickles, right? I like pickles. Okay. Like most pickles. Most, yeah, there are the, Trish, you know, ones here and there. <laughs> Lance, Jake. And that's about it. That's the list. That's about the list. <laughs> uh, anyway, I saw the pickle popcorn. I really want to try that because I'm a big... I like sour. I don't like sweet. I like sour. Yeah. Pickle popcorn salad. Yeah. Okay. It's going to do it for us. Fox Sports Southwest tonight. Yes. Um, eight o'clock, we come on. Football Friday. Um, you can see if you're in, um, I would say, so normally I would say something like pickle love surprise hugs if you're in if you're in Pottsboro, but don't do that. Don't do that. Let's be smart. Let's be smart. I didn't hear what you said. I'm sorry. Oh, I said normally I'd say pickle love surprise hugs, but let's not do that right oh, now. Oh, yeah. No, don't touch like me. A bad idea. Do not come up near me. <laughs> like, no. Wear a mask and stay at least six feet away, please. And then we can talk. Okay. That's <laughs> Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at textfootball.com for alleged, for alleged woman of the people, Ashley Pickle. <laughs> Come say I hi, am, but just stay. I am actual man of the just people who will, be in a, who will be in a studio tonight, so you can't come see me anyway. <laughs> Vince Young, please get your player of the year trophy. We'll see you Tuesday. No show Monday for Labor Day. We'll see you Tuesday on Text Football today.